Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is uh, episode 54. Here with a very funny guy, uh, Mark Norman. Via, hey, good to be here. Comedy. <laughs> via, via a phone call due to the uh, unfortunate circumstances that our world is uh, currently involved in. Um, Cookie time. Which is something that, off the top, I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, do you think that once comedy resumes in 90-plus days, whenever it's going to be, you think it's going to be anywhere close to what it was? Not for a while. I've been doing a lot of hemming and hawing over this, and I think that, A, people might be a, bit, be a little, uh, what's the word, skeptical, or what's the word we, uh, we, uh, you're nervous about it. Weary, a little bit weary. A little weary, a little resistant about getting into a basement with a bunch of other Jews. <laughs> and I think, I also think people are going to be out of money, you know, people are going to spend a lot of money on groceries and their businesses went under and uh, they had to move to another town real quick or whatever the hell it is. Not, no one's getting any income. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll be low on money and you know, a couple of yucks is the last thing you know, that's not really essential. Right. Not, not like food or hospital or anal, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it'll come back eventually because people will need a chuckle. Yes, I think I was thinking the same thing, but with uh, with comics, I think that after like ninety plus days, a lot of like the the hobbyist comics, or a lot of people that moved here to L.A. or to New York, um, are gonna have to move back to like wherever they're from due to nobody's working. I know, I know. It's- but the good news is, uh, unless you're a billionaire, we're all kind of fucked. Yeah. So we're all in together, and I think people will be craving, craving a little little uh, human connectione, and uh, they'll just kind of, you know, like it's crazy to think, like, how many concerts, how many plays, how many comedy shows, how many movies people went to, and that just halted. That just stopped on a dime. Yeah. So no one's getting. Uh, I mean, except for Netflix and internet, and everybody's doing Instagram and Zoom and all that shit. But other than that, no one's getting any real good entertainment. You're just watching Ozark over and over. <laughs> you think that this could be the death of movie theaters? Oh yeah, I think it was on a, on a hang on by a thread already, and now now this is the final kick in the balls that really puts <laughs> the guy over. So probably probably a safe bet. Um, sucks, I love movie theaters. I hate to see them go. Movie theaters are great, man. The uh, not Nothing bad. Beats seen a premiere. Yeah, but they were already dying, so this might have been the uh, nail on the jizz. Yeah, I would really, that would really suck dick. Is this, the, uh, is this the longest you've ever not been on stage since you started? Definitely, no question. I went to, I've done some, you know, trips with my gal. We'd go to Europe or something, but that, that's five days, six days, and whole time I'm tweeting and jonesing to get up, <laughs> writing bits down. Now I haven't even written a bit. I've written premises down in my notebook, but I, I usually write them down and work them out that night or work them out the next night. Now I've just, I don't even know how to write a bit anymore. Okay, good, because I was, th- okay, so like writing has been a lot harder because it's the exact same thing, but a lot of a lot of the things that um, like I come up with come from conversation or like things that yeah. I'll say and then I'll build off that, but... I'm not talking to people. Exactly, exactly. So your normal interactions aren't happening, and then you might get a maybe a bit idea out of something like this, but it's not the same, you know, because we're all just talking about Corona, Corona, Corona. So it's it's hard to write anything about Uber or your 
your mom or whatever just because Corona's in the air and you can't not talk about it. And so that's, that's the only thing on my mind. Now, New York was New York is what the hot spot right now for for the virus. Um, are you yeah. just staying in or uh, a little bit, but foolishly I'm going I'm going out and I'm not wearing a mask and I'm <laughs> jogging and I'm going to the park and I'm an idiot, but uh, I know I'm part of the problem, but I'm not I'm not touching anything, I'm not touching anybody, I'm not talking to anybody, I'm staying 6 feet. So I'm trying to do do the right thing, but yeah, you ever jog with a mask on? I don't know. Fuck no. It's tough. You look like you're robbing a bank. <laughs> now, uh, what? Uh, where you've traveled all over the the world for a country or for comedy? But uh, what? Oh, where's yeah. Where's your favorite place to do comedy? Or favorite Ooh. venue? I mean, I like uh, I like the states. I like Denver. I like San Fran. I like uh, L.A. I like Phoenix. I like. Um, Miami, I like the, the cities and the states, but you know, because everything else is a great, you know, Amsterdam is awesome, Dublin is awesome, England is awesome, but there's always that weird hump you got to get over, of like, are they going to get this, is this weird, do they know about Uber, do they have AT&T, <laughs> am I gay, you know, you're always worrying about everything the whole time, so I just like jumping around America, or Vancouver's fun, Toronto's fun, but, uh, I love all these cities, but for comedy, I like I like keeping it, keeping it domestic. For the uh, you did um, a couple months ago, you did five nights over at the Irvine Improv. That that's that's the best that's the best fucking venue in my opinion. That's just I haven't been all great over, club. but great club, great town. You know, it's just that's one of those kind of like breaks for a comic because we go to Youngstown, Ohio, and shitball cities like that where you're like god that's kind of a bummer what am I doing here what am I doing in Greensboro or whatever <laughs> but uh, but you go to you go to Irvine California it's just like hot blonde beaches no no graffiti no glitter <laughs> and then like the, the shows fill up it's weird you would think that rich good looking towns would not laugh but they laugh yeah like people with money laugh I, I guess because they just like Hey, we bought a ticket. What else are we doing? We're, we got a good life. Let's yuck it up. <laughs> you would think that, like, shitty poor people, not shitty poor, but, you know, like, shitty town people would laugh more because they need a laugh. But for some reason, rich people with a tan and a BMW tend to be really giving with the laughter. Man, dude. Yeah. The Irvine Improv Irvine's is awesome. just... It, it actually holds like just special like a special place in like because I would I was going to comedy shows there long before I started uh, doing stand up and then that's where I saw oh, really? I saw Grant Cotter I don't know if, if you guys know each other um, over Grant there and he does a lot of he, he travels he's been on MTV he did, but he he headlines the uh, he's from Orange County he headlines the Irvine Improv like once a month well I used to okay um, now nobody's fucking performing there um but Irvine is such a wacky place man. i mean I'm, I'm, i've been in new york 12 years 11 years and it's just it's rats it's hobos and that, that that's such a magic for a new yorker you come out there and you're like i can't believe this is real i can't believe you you guys have no problems everybody's got a convertible and a and a fake tan and a weird earring you know it's like some guy who looks like george hamilton 
who's like orange <laughs> with white hair and a linen shirt halfway on butt. It goes, vi- it goes vice versa, man. Like, uh, when I hear your story about getting, like, mugged and shit, like, I'm, I walk around at 2 in the morning out here with no problem, headphones in, not paying attention to nothing, and nothing ever happens. But I hear your stories, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, but, I mean, maybe it's a little of both. Maybe that's the beauty of, of doing the road is I can walk away from the, the muggings and the <laughs> stabbings and go to this town, but I don't know. If I live there, I feel like I, I'd get soft quick. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. A lot of the, the fights here are just pushes and then walking away. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about fist fight. I'm just talking about ambition. I'm talking about drive. I'm talking about... Yeah. Uh, you know, you need a little little bit of grit. People here are too comfortable. Yeah, too comfortable. The treadmill's not on. Why run? Uh, Orange County, it's a, it's a, it's different. It's it's so close to L.A. It's so great because we could still go right, up and perform right. at the comedy store. But it's it's L.A. You know, you could go to four or five mics in a night, not get up at a single one of them. But down here, you could get up four times in a night, then go up do shows in L.A. And so it's a good, I, it's a training yeah, ground. But uh, you've been on the road a lot. What's you have any uh, you have any uh, crazy chuckle fuck stories? <laughs> We had just started talking about if I had heard a story about you banging your Uber driver, and I have not. Oh, oh boy. Well, these are filthy. I don't know where this is going to end up. But, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uber driver's in Florida doing a gig, and I was in the car with an Uber driver lady, you know, like a bomb, blonde bomb. Yeah. And she said, uh, I just got divorced, and I was like, I was pretty drunk, and I was just kind of messing with her, and I had two friends in the back, so I was in shotgun. And I was just kind of messing with her. Well, well, you know, I'll get a hotel up here. If you get lonely, here's my room number. Here's my <laughs> phone number. Just kind of dicking around. And lo and behold, I got back to my room. I took a sleeping pill. I took my pants off, took my shoes off. I'm laying in bed. And I get a knock on the door. And I'm like, who the hell is this? Fucking room service? It's 2 a.m. And it was her. And I was like, holy hell. So I was, I let her in and we, we fooled around and I was like, uh, do you have a condom? She said, no. And she goes, I'm not getting pregnant again. I got these <laughs> dumb kids. So you can put it in my ass. <laughs> so uh, banged her in the ass for quite a while. Looked down. There was shit all over my dick, shit all over the bed. And, uh, yeah, she went home. Five stars. Yeah, you, you weren't worried about fucking, I heard you have gotten, I don't know if you were kidding, but you got chlamydia six different times. Uh, well, yeah, that was over a good good amount of years. Oh, you know? okay, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I was so drunk and dumb, I just assumed, well, I don't want to get her pregnant. I wouldn't even <laughs> think about the other stuff. Fuck. I've only had one chuckle fuck experience, and it was way, it was uh, this girl, she was like 21 after a show, she invited me out to go to some dumpy ass bar, and uh, we went and got pretty uh, tipsy, but I had just gotten back from Oregon, and... So I had all my dirty ass clothes. There's like a half-eaten pizza and shit in my back seat, and we were just. She wanted me to choke her. It was the first time I've ever choked someone, and and so I was like, Oh yeah, not the last. Choking uh, her kind of softly, and she just starts fucking like choke me harder, you bitch. And I so I started choking like I was choking her so hard that I wasn't even fucking her anymore, and she uh, wow. 
told me that uh, that's good, but if uh, if I pass out, to keep fucking me. And uh, couldn't, holy hell, I couldn't come. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't finish. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's kind of a turnoff. This place <laughs> is crazy. Fuck. What's the uh, Jesus Christ? Um, I heard that. Uh, speaking of getting drunk, I heard you like to drink a little bit. Uh, and uh, heard oh yeah. Big fan of the sauce. I got. I got to cut back. I've cut back during the uh, pandemic. Believe it or not, because I don't know. You just there's not there's nothing to do. So I drink, and then I'm just sitting there bummed out now and <laughs> drunk. And then you wake up hungover with nothing to do. So yeah, it's not uh, not great. Not great time to booze. You uh you uh you pissed in the diner part of a Waffle House. You still there? Hello? Yeah, sorry, what'd you say? I said uh, I heard one time that you pissed in the, the diner part of a Waffle House. Oh, yeah, I got arrested for that one. <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> I was in college. I was, you know, basically in a blackout. And uh, I was drunk at a Waffle House at a blackout. It was after a LSU Tigers game. And, you know, when you're just so drunk, you just don't care about anything. And I had to pee, and we were leaving. We were, like, paying the check. And as I'm walking out, I just whip it out. I'm peeing on the floor and opening the door to leave. And as I swing the door open, a cop walks in. I got my dog out. I'm whizzing on the welcome mat that says Waffle House. And he just goes, Jesus Christ. And he goes, zip it up, get in the car. And that was it. Fuck. Are you a fan of Waffle House? Oh, I love Waffle House. Uh, I eat there all the time. Uh, I've only had it once. Fucking, it's gross. It's like, it's oh, just... it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> you prefer Waffle House over like IHOP or Denny's? I don't know. IHOP has that fake. IHOP and Denny's have like a fake kind of flavor to me. I don't know. Waffle House, I can see the lady cooking. She's got a C section scar and a Marlboro <laughs> and, uh, you know, a black eye. And I can see them making the eggs right on the griddle. I can see her throwing the hash browns on. I don't know. It feels more real. Plus, Waffle House has every condiment known to man already on the table and they got the menu is pictures so does ihop and denny's oh yeah good point good point i don't know i just i prefer a waffle house i don't know why i just it feels a little more homey to me uh, ihop feels way more corporate okay well i i've uh, i'm from florida and when i went back and visited there's a waffle house almost every three blocks Oh really? Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty corporate-y. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I, I like the idea. I can see the people cooking. I don't know the Waffle House and Waffle House is too it's too sugary. Like you get the I mean the uh, IHOP. It's pancakes. Get the pancake with chocolate chip. Get the pancake with the blue syrup. Get the pancake with the purple syrup. Get the pancake you know with the with the whipped cream on top. I don't know. It's too much. What the hell do I know? <laughs> Oh man, bouncing around a little bit. What's the uh, what's the longest you've ever told like a bit? Like how many years have you like like from the beginning till like what's the longest until you're like ah or retired it or put it into a special or like what's the longest you've kept a bit? Oh man, I've kept bits forever. Uh, not forever, but I've I've had I have three hours now. I just put my third hour down, and uh, I was doing those bits for a while. If you look at my YouTube, I really get trash you know this guy's funny but same bit over and over i'm like yeah i'm a comedian i don't know I just <laughs> put this, this clip up so i don't know who put it up and 
I would have told him not to because that clip's already up. But yeah, so uh, I'll do a bit for a while because for me, it's all about working on new material. So if I do an old bit just to get him on my side, I'm going to do it, you know? A hundred percent. You got to throw some you gotta throw the tried and true at them and then get them, get them to trust you and then you try the new stuff. Yeah, because people say a lot of different things. I've heard people say, oh, like you gotta come out with crowd work and, and all this stuff, but what if that doesn't work, you know? Then it's... <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a risky move, but when that hits, yeah. sometimes I'll do, a, I'll do a riff on the room, you know, like... Like the Irvine Improv is always in that spectrum place. Yeah. So I'll do a whole spectrum autism bit just to <laughs> let them know, like, oh, this guy is just talking about, he's so funny, he's talking about what's around him. Man, this guy is, he's so quick, he's talking about shit in the room, and then they really trust you. And it doesn't even have to be that funny because they're so impressed with just the spontaneity of it that they're really on board. So i uh i try to do that with the room open with the city something in the town and they give you some leeway because you're the outsider yeah you're going man cincinnati's weird because of this this and this how about your mayor here he's a fucking goof and they're like oh <laughs> shit he knows about our mayor oh fuck you know so that gives you gives you a lot of leeway out of, out of the gate yeah that yeah have you ever uh when you're on the road you ever just um uh, like boom like i want to work on this and just gone just done straight pure material and just or I have it rarely works when it works it's fucking magic and it's a beautiful thing but it's rare but hey look there's also something something to say for bombing and getting out of it that's a whole other skill so mm. fuck it try it and if it doesn't work use another skill set to get out of it and you're just you're sharpening all kinds of tools that way yeah, right before this, right before this quarantine went down, I was gonna go back up to Oregon. It was gonna be the first time doing back-to-back thirties, and so I was really looking forward to just that part of just the development, trying to you know, see what works. Coming back, doing, uh, doing that, but now there's fucking nothing going on, and uh, you think that. Um, you think that any prog like not lost progress, but I mean over ninety days of not being on stage, like do you think Oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna be rusty as hell. And like I've already forgotten, you know you have that new chunk you got you got going on in your brain, you're always kinda of polishing that new stuff. Yeah. I've already forgotten all that. So I had to go I re listened to it the other day and it, it felt like I was listening to like the Beatles in the six. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Holy shit, that bit was cooking, that was getting somewhere, I forgot about everything. Do you re-listen to your oh, your tapes every oh, night? Thanks. I love you. <laughs> Comedy. Oh shit! I, I got a fan here. Hey, Dad. Stay safe. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Oh, I got to recognize on the street. That's fun. That's crazy. All right, hello. Yo. Um. Oh, there you go. Okay, sorry about that. But I was I was saying, how often do you do you listen to your sets on the way home every night, or because you do four or five like fifteen minute sets a night? Like I'm sure, do you, or do you just pick one and listen to it? Or yeah, well, only if it's brand new. If it's it's new and I'm still tinkering with it, I still don't know where to go with it or what angle to take or how to tweak it. I'll always listen to those, but I, I don't need to listen to the shit that's already working. Obviously, but right. if it's new, I'll I'll take it for a spin and. And go, oh, because you, you ever listen to a bit, and you're like, why won't this bit work? What's going on? And you listen to it over and over, and then it just hits you one day. 
you're like, ah, that's it. That, yeah. That's what it needs. So I, it's, I think it's imperative to listen. you got to do it. A lot of people won't do it. They think they're above it, or they, they pull that bullshit like, I hate hearing my own voice. Yeah, we all do, but just <laughs> suck it up and listen to it for 12 minutes and get it over with. It helps. I mean, it's a, I think it's a game changer. Man, but speaking about Rusty, so you've been doing it for for thirteen years. I've been doing it for for two years. So it's like, where is yeah. where is the the point where you're gonna be just fucking fine? Because you've been doing it for so long that it's just part of you. For dudes that are around the time that I've been doing it, or even longer, it's ninety plus days. That's a total standstill. There's yeah, yeah. No, I'm I, I feel you, man. It's gonna be rough, but. I mean, there's no way around it. We're all going to be rusty. We're all going to be gay. We just got to sack up and dive back in. And it's going to be weird. But, like, I look at it the same way. I work out probably two times a week, one time a week sometimes. And I'll, I can get some pretty good weights up. Yeah. Like, I got some good weight on the on the bench. And that's going to all be gone. So I'm going to have to build that up. And it's just like the stand-up. You got to build it both back up, get those chops going again. And it's going to be annoying. Nothing worse than going backwards. Yeah. Nothing worse than going backwards. And we're all doing that right now. So we'll all be in it together. We'll all be rusty. Audiences will be rusty. But, you know, it's got to happen. And we can bitch about it all day long, but we're going to yeah. do it anyway. So. Fuck. The, uh, speaking of, like, fans. And get used to it. What's that? Speaking of, like, your fans and stuff, you've been freaking blowing up lately, man. What's that like? It's all very strange. This is super new to me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I have no self-esteem. I have no confidence. So just seeing that guy on the street going, "I love you, man," it, it makes you it makes you realize like, oh, it's, it's working. It's slowly happening. So I'm just gonna try to keep going. And and if anything, during this quarantine, as much as it sucks and as much time we're losing on our craft, just get that social media for everything you've done. Put it out. Show people you're out there. Yeah. Get on some podcasts. Why do you think I'm doing this? You never know who's going to hear it. Yeah. And uh, it's going to keep going. Keep, keep being relevant. Keep being seen. Keep exposing. Expose yourself like Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, he just put out a, a new special. I haven't checked it out yet, but i uh, been hearing some decent things. I haven't either. Ah. I've, I've seen a lot of it live, and it's killer, and I'm going to probably watch it tonight. Oh, hell yeah. The uh, Your Napchat is a popular feature on your social media. When, when did you start that? Is it really? I was trying to think of fun things, like reoccurring uh, you know, Instagram story things that might be funny, and I had a couple of them. One was, I get a ton of gay love. Like I get a ton of tweets and Instagram DMs like, please, let me suck your dick, I'm gay. <laughs> and... Uh, so I put a bunch of those up, and nobody liked it. Then I put a bunch of Snapchats up, and nobody got that either. But then people started sending me theirs. So I had to. I started reposting theirs because I didn't have to find a guy sleeping anymore. Because now they're sending me shit. And so that one just kind of caught on. I got Snapchats from Israel and Dubai and Denmark. So it's pretty cool. Anyone ever send you like a dead body or anything? Or it's like the weirdest one you've gotten? I've got an open casket. That one did really well. Uh, I've gotten some. I don't. I try not to put up hobos because that's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. But uh, I've gotten a few hobos where I'm like, that guy's dead. He's definitely dead. He's like <laughs> bleeding out of his mouth. Um. So yeah, it's happened. But uh, I try not to post those because I don't want to be complicit in some kind of 
murder thing. Yeah, it's funny because that's a. Uh, it's one of those where like it's perfect for your social media because I uh, I think I've uh, posted and tagged you in two of them, and one of them it got like like three hundred people tagged on your name because they probably thought that that whoever that person was was you, and so then they went and boom, now they're there on your page. Ah, and uh, look at that. Hey, whatever works. Whatever way you can spread the love. Spread man. those cheeks. What was it like growing up in New Orleans, man? I've only been there once. It's kind Ooh. of a kind of a shithole. It's a little bit of a shithole. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely uh, some shit shit going on there. Uh, it's it's better now. I think Katrina gave it like a kind of a needed douche, like a needed <laughs> enema, and. Uh, so it's better now, but when I was a kid, it was fucking dicey. And plus, I grew up in a horrible neighborhood, so I had dicey on top of dicey. And it's just a it's it's a town that plays by its own rules, you know. It's the only town in America, maybe aside from Vegas, that you can drink outside, open container, uh, you know, the French Quarter and trans and gay and bachelor parties and weddings and voodoo and Cajun this and that. It's it's a wacky place. It's very, it's the only, it's very unique. And I've never seen a place like it. Maybe Amsterdam, but it's still weirder than Amsterdam, you know, with all the Mardi Gras and the jazz. It's, it's spooky. It was a weird place to grow up, I'll say that. It's, trust me, it's more fun to visit than it is to go to school there. Yeah, it was, I felt like I was going to get stabbed when I was walking down the street. Oh, yeah, so much crime. Way more crime in New York, by the way. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to the big city. You better be careful. I'm like, this is a cakewalk compared to NOLA. Really? What part of, so is, the, is it all just New York City, or is there, like, different, like, suburbs and sublets that are, like, safer, or is it all just uh, fuck? Well, geez, man, you, you got to get up here. It's a, it's a <laughs> hell of a place to, to visit. It's the best city in, in the world, I think, but. Really? Uh, let's see. You got Manhattan, which is an island. It's got a couple million people on it. It's dense as shit it's got Times Square in the middle of it it's got Wall Street Central Park Little Italy Chinatown and then they're, they're called boroughs there's five of them there's Manhattan the Bronx Queens Staten Island and Brooklyn and they're all kind of close to each other and they're all different in their own way and uh, some they all have little sections that are terrifying and they have sections that are super hoity-toity and they have sections that are super ethnic and then yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It's got everything in a, everything from a city packed into a tiny spot, and there's a zillion people here. And uh, yeah, out of I all of it. those that you mentioned, where's the where, what's part of town's the best part for comedy? Where's your favorite place to perform? Well, I think Lower Manhattan is the best. You know, it's got like literally ten clubs. Oh, there's fuck. one club in Brooklyn. There's some spots in Queens, but Lower Manhattan's the way to go. It's just got everything. It's got bar shows, it's got clubs, it's got theaters, it's got, uh, you name it, little little black box, this and that, improv stuff. So yeah, Lower Manhattan, the West Village, East Village, uh, Chelsea, Soho, shit like that. But this is all just random words I'm saying. You don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I've seen movies. I've seen movies. King Kong. Alright, alright. There you go, King Kong, that's something. Uh, uh, the Empire State Building. I heard that uh, I heard that you lost your virginity to a prostitute. <laughs> you heard correct. How how did um, that go yeah, down? French French Quarter. 
The Y2K was in the air. I don't know. How old are you? I'm 23, about to turn 24. Oh, yeah. So I was 16, and it was 1999, about to turn to 2000. So you were probably still a zygote. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just a lady was on the balcony, shirtless, with a jacket on. She kept flashing us, and she invited me up with my friends. She put the friends out on the balcony. This is the short version. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we banged. And she was probably 50 years old-ish. We banged all night, and uh, then I felt horrible and felt weird and got the hell out of there. All night? Were your friends just kicking on the balcony the whole time? Well, realistically, it was probably like two hours. And, uh, yeah, my friends got drunk on the balcony with her husband. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I assume. Maybe it was her pimp. Either way, it was terrifying. You've ever Have you ever had like a threesome with the homie? Like where you you guys oh, like a, yeah. a devil's oh, yeah. threesome? A devil's threesome with uh, with two men and a woman. Yeah, that was in college. A lot of crazy nights in college. In college, you used to have this drunk bus that would pick up all the kids because they were too drunk to find their way home, and that was the best place to meet people because it was always the most fun, rowdiest, you know, uh, like uh, promiscuousy. I don't give a shit people on that bus and you just go from seat to seat and make out with people fuck we don't have shit like that here really no i've been i've been to college and there it's very uh went to cal state long beach and it's very uh it's nothing like that but oh yeah it was wild i mean this is this is louisiana baby it was sweaty and nasty and sexy and gross fuck that's crazy. You um, fuck. When, oh shit! I meant to ask this way earlier. When was the when was the last time you walked someone, like in a show? Oh, I walk people all the time. That happens all the time. People I mean, that are there to see you. Well, not really that. That's that's new though. But uh, okay, you know, a lot of a lot of you know people still show up to a show and go, hey, we just wanted to do a Saturday night out, and I'm here with my wife or my daughter or my husband. And uh, this is not what we thought it would be. And I'm talking about school shootings and pedophilia, so I get it. You know, I'm not for everybody. So uh, a lot of people used to, used to do a lot of religion jokes, and people would walk on that. That was a big one. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff, like, oh, fat people jokes, people get real weird about. So, How long into your career did you start writing, uh, start doing, like, clean sets and start actually, like, because your clean material is, is funny as shit, too. So it's like, how did you, oh, when did thanks. you start? Um, it's a whole nother demon. Like, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. It to... It's a whole other animal. It's, it's tough. It's, it's way harder, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that that's the good stuff in a way because not everybody can do it. So you got to have your clean material. I know it's super hard. I know everybody's like, but it's not me. I'm a filthy guy. I'm like, I know, but just... You can have filthy material in a clean filter. Just don't say the words, and people will still get it. So it's tough, and I get it, and I, no one likes doing it. But if you have a funny thing happen to you at the bank, and you can make that funny, you, it's it's really valuable. Like clean material, get you know what are you gonna do on Cohen? What are you gonna do on Fallon? You know you want to do those late nights? You gotta have it. Now do you consider? Hell, Seinfeld asked me to open for him. 
And thank God I had it. What if I just was going up and talking about semen for 20 minutes? <laughs> How did that come about? Because I know that you were, uh, you uh, meant a lot to, uh, to you. And how did that, like, what is that like, man? Oh, man. I mean, we could talk for two hours about the Seinfeld thing. But just, yeah, I mean, he saw me on Tonight's Show, luckily, just by pure fate and chance. And then uh, he saw, I happened to be bumped by him at Gotham Comedy Club. He watched my set. I killed. Had a better set than him, if we're being honest. <laughs> and then uh, he just said, let's hang out. And uh, we got to know each other. And we exchanged numbers. And I said, I'll never call you. Don't worry. And he's like, oh, call me. So we ended up texting that night for like two hours. And then he said, you want to open for me? And uh, that's all she wrote. We hung out in the green room for two nights and got drunk and had pizza and just talk comedy. It was awesome. Fucking, you remember the whole thing? You weren't, you weren't, you weren't drinking, or it wasn't like part like, wow, like did that really happen, or anything like that? You remember the whole thing? Oh yeah, I, I, I wanted to be sober. I didn't want to miss a minute of it. I mean, it was. I grew up watching this guy. He's one of my heroes. He's one of my idols. He's a household name. I mean, just the fact that he even knows who I am and has my phone number is bananas. Let alone hang out with the guy with over a glass of vino eating. Fucking pizza. <laughs> what was the, what was the first thing you asked him? Like, I'm sure you had questions. Like, what was the what was the most important thing you wanted to ask this guy that you grew up watching? Well, I mean, uh, I asked him how he writes, what's his writing process. But again, it's a fine line. You're kind of tap dancing and tightrope walking because you don't want to be the fanning out douche who's blowing him the whole night. Right. You want to look like somewhat of an equal. So you got to walk that line of like, be interesting, be present, but don't be too uh, ass-kissy. So uh, yeah, I just asked him what his writing process was, he gave me some great tips, he gave me some notes on my act, and they, I applied the notes in front of him, and it totally worked. So I think that was fun for everybody. You know, you get notes on your act, and your first thought is, all right, fuck you, I do how I do it. But I said, well, it's his show, he's having me, so I applied the notes for the next set and they fucking went over like gangbusters and uh he got to watch it go better i got to watch it go better it was it was a cool night cool what, cool weekend what kind of notes like not tags or anything like what kind of notes were they well you know we're doing this big theater i'm a club guy doing this big theater and he's like you don't move around up there why you not move around use the space that it gets boring if you just stare at a guy who's standing in one spot you make the whole show just rely on the words. You got to move around, get their attention. And I started doing that, and my last one from like an 80% to a 95%. And uh, that was huge. And then he said, you giggle after your jokes. Why do you do that? And I said, I'm just nervous. And he goes, if you cut the giggle out, you can just absorb the laugh more. Don't giggle over their laugh. You're giggling into the mic while they're laughing. And he, I cut that out, and he was right, and it was great. It, it all worked out. What are the, what are the biggest differences between like a like you know uh, let's say a fucking apartment show to a club to a theater like like they're all great but I mean like I mean I've never done a yeah, fucking well, theater a, but a, a theater is a little bit of a delay an arena is a huge delay an arena is like you tell a joke you wait a few seconds and then you hear Pah! huh so, uh, yeah like a club is like a conversation almost they're right on top of you. They're just like, it's almost like you're just talking to somebody back and forth. And then a theater is a little bit of a delay and it's a little bit more of a show. You got to move your arms more and 
you know, if you're doing a bit of a thing in a shower, you want to might as well act out the shower. So like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, they're, they're all different, but the club is my favorite. I like the intimacy. Oh man. So what's the, uh, so you've done, uh, the cellar all the time and then the comedy store when you're out here, which, what's, is there, what's the differences and what's it like, like, what do you prefer pretty much? I like the cellar. I mean, the only problem with the cellar is it's a little touristy. You know, you end up, uh, having some guy from Norway who just was like, I want to go to a New York comedy club. You know, he doesn't know that this is the, he just knows it's like a cool spot. He's not actually a huge comedy fan. Right. Um, but uh, there's nothing better than doing the road, and everybody there is there to see you. They know you. They know your sense of humor. They know your stick. That's the best because you can really vibe with the crowd. Like they get you. You say a thing there that they would understand. That if you said in front of a crowd that doesn't know you, they'd be like, "Huh?" Like they know your inside stuff. It's like a friend almost. That's the best. Do you have you ever found yourself uh, like working on a bit that works in front of your audience, but then do it at let's say somewhere like the cellar where, uh, and then it doesn't work? Sure, sure, of course, everybody has that. But I think you gotta you gotta go with the layman. You gotta go with the stranger because that's the majority of the public. I mean, if you got your people there, enjoy it, do the inside stuff, but you always have to be gettable to everyone. Uh huh. Now there's something that if you want to make money. A hundred percent. When you were coming up in the in the scene, um, of like way back, like way back when in the early beginning part, um, was there anything that like were there any like not rivalries, but like between uh, like like comics that would hang out with these certain comics, and you weren't allowed to hang out with these certain comics, and these comics hated each other type of stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, there's always clicky bullshit. There's always you know you gotta realize. It. It's a giant pool of people with huge, outlandish personalities. They're going to clash at some point, and it always happens. Uh, also, comics talk shit. Sometimes people hear you talk shit. They go, hey, this guy said you said this. And you go, oh, fuck. He wasn't supposed to tell you that. <laughs> so it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, you just try to play nice. You try to appreciate everybody. I, I'm a big comedy snob sometimes, so sometimes i got to watch out by making fun of a guy going, he does this bullshit, what a hack. But, you know, I, I'm sure I do hacky stuff at some point, so it's, uh, it's inevitable. You think but it's... it happens. All right, last question. i got to run. All right, no worries, man. Um, fuck, what was it? That... That's all That's all I got for you, man. That was... Uh, thank you for oh. doing this, 100%, man, and just keep fucking killing, bro. As soon as this shit ends, man, it's you're fun to watch, man. I appreciate it, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me. This is fun. I could talk comedy all day if I didn't have to do another another Zoom. Hundred percent, man. Have a good one, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. Keep a lookout for my special and listen to my podcast. Use the story. Thank you. All right, I'm back real quick. Just to. That was kind of an awkward ending. Wasn't sure what the time constraints were. Um, we had set the uh, podcast for 5, but I wasn't sure if that was 5 o'clock Eastern, which is his time, or 5 o'clock Pacific, which is our time, my time, or wherever the fuck you're listening. And uh, so I was upstairs rubbing one out, and he called like 10 minutes early, and I was like, fuck. And so I freaking I ran downstairs. That's why I was out of breath in the beginning of the podcast. And uh, 
those who are a fan of my podcast, those who listen to the podcast, and those who know me can definitely tell that I was a little bit nervous talking to the guy. He's a little nervous. He's a, he's he's going to be one of the biggest comedians in the world. He, he's already blowing up, going all over, but it's really cool of him to, to do the podcast. Got a lot of valuable information, and uh, you know what? It was it was a very fun one. Uh, you could find Mark Norman's stuff. Uh, Tuesdays with Stories is his podcast that he does with Joe List. Uh, very funny podcast. You can find that everywhere podcasts are available. I highly recommend it. He's got a new one-hour special that he mentioned coming out at the end of this month. Or he hasn't dropped a date, but it's gonna. I know it's April sometime. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. You guys are the best. Uh, episode next week coming out probably with my biological father, whom I've never met. Uh, he's going to be calling in over the phone and going to find out things like how uh, we fucked my mom. And so that's going to be definitely tune into that. So uh, have a good one, guys. Be safe out there. Have a good one.